Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network, coming to you from the TeacherCast studios since 2011. Join us each week as we bring you the latest educational news, ed tech updates, and hottest interviews with today's most influential leaders in education. And now, for your host, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and welcome to a very special episode. This is our first bonus show of the brand new Jeff Bradbury podcast. If you are a blogger, a podcaster, a writer, an author, a speaker, any type of educational content creator, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to episode six. We have a very special episode on today. Today we're going to be talking to my good friend Karen Yankovic, who is a LinkedIn expert. My friends, if you're looking at getting in the world's hottest social network, updating your profile, fitting into this new world, and figuring out how to make live video fit into your platform and edu brand guys you got to check out this entire show and before you do please make sure that you head on over and share this episode with your friends don't forget to visit us on buildyouredubrand.com and as we say on every episode smash that subscribe button let us know that you're out here we have been having a great time getting this show off the ground and this is just the beginning a couple days ago on Wednesday when we released episode five, I want to say thank you guys so much for everybody who took our time out to give me feedback. Some of you guys even found me on Voxer, gave me a call to say how much you guys are appreciating this show. I got to tell you guys that warms my heart a lot. Thank you so much for all of that. But today is not all about me. Today is about you and how you guys can build your EDU brand through LinkedIn. I want to start with a quick story that happened last year. I was working in a position as a tech coach. I was getting ready to leave that position as a tech coach, and I was trying to figure out how to get my social profiles up and running. Was I a tech coach? Was I teacher cast? Was I looking for a job? Did I want to show off that I was happy and employed, or did I want to show off that I was, you know, looking for something to support my family? I got to tell you, LinkedIn was where I turned. LinkedIn was what I did with my profile. And LinkedIn started to become that digital resume. And you start to realize that by doing this, so many people are looking at your profile, interacting with you. And I started to use my profile not only to build my brand, but to build my bank account. And I know if you're listening to this show, that is something that you're looking for. And one of the best ways to build your bank account, one of the best ways to build your platform, one of the best ways to grow your podcast, your audience, is also not just LinkedIn, but through your email list. And I got to say, we are now north of 75 teachers on our very first TeacherCast Educational Network 90-Day Email Marketing Challenge. We've got a great program for anybody out there looking to build their subscribers, put together an email marketing plan. Check it out over on Build Your EDU Brand today. It is a free online course chock filled with information plus you get a chance to work with me one-on-one -on -one to help build your email marketing campaigns guys if you're looking for something to do over the next few weeks join our 90-day email marketing campaign join over 75 teachers you won't regret it and i want to stop right now and i want to bring on our guest and i want to play for you guys an interview that i recently did with our friend karen yankovic guys you want to take out your pencil you want to start jotting some ideas down because every single minute of this episode she's putting out some golden nuggets of some information so without further ado here's my interview with karen yankovic 
My guest today is the CEO of Uplevel Media, a LinkedIn marketing firm delivering profitable cutting-edge digital strategies and the host of the popular podcast, Good Girls Get Rich. She's also appeared on Costco Connection, The Huffington Post, Social Media Examiner, and Career Talk Radio on Sirius XM. I want to welcome my good friend, Miss Karen Yankovich. Karen, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I'm so good. I'm so glad to be here with you. Thanks for having me here. I am so excited to have you on today and talk all about this topic of LinkedIn and social media. I got to tell you, so many people have written in and said, please do this topic. How do we get into this? Because, you know, educators don't really think about LinkedIn. It's more of the the resume, the business thing, but there are a lot of teachers coming in. But before we dive into LinkedIn, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who's Karen Yankovich? Yeah, so I... My whole family are teachers. My dad retired as a superintendent of schools. My I have 55,000 teachers in my family. Um, and I actually spent a lot of time working in, this, in school districts as well, in IT departments, and my background is IT and... Mostly sales, but I did some. I did some time in, uh, you know, in a school district, you know, for a lot of for a lot of reasons. So I totally understand um, where you're coming from, right? Where I understand the mindset around educator, but my background really was in. Um, mostly IT sales. And then as I, as my kids got older and I started to just have more time on my hands, I started taking some classes in online marketing and started to use it to market some of the stuff I was doing, but also some of the things my friends were doing. And because my background has always been really like relationship sales, like when you're selling IT stuff, it's not like you're selling pencils, you're selling hundred thousand dollar phone systems and things like that. So you're building relationships. So I really gravitated to relationship marketing from the day I started learning about digital marketing, which really is LinkedIn. And as I started understanding the importance of my personal brand, as the digital world started to become more prevalent in my world, I realized that to me, to be more successful in what I do, I really had to to niche down. And frankly, the older I get, the the less I want to learn about 45 different platforms. I'd rather just get better at one thing and do it really well. So that thing became LinkedIn for me. And I started to be asked to speak all over all over the place on LinkedIn marketing and um, eventually refocused my entire business on that. You know, I've been following the great things that you're doing. And of course, you know, we had an opportunity to to really connect uh, recently at the Mid-Atlantic Podcast Convention, MapCon. And I noticed, which is now Indie PodCon or ICON, yeah. whatever, whatever they're calling it these days. We're going to put <laughs> links to the show notes. But I happened to notice that, that, you know, at that conference, people got up, they got down, they got up, they got down. But as soon as somebody said, we're going to learn about LinkedIn, Everybody was focused on the topic yeah. and, and, you know, you had mentioned the word niche. You have found something that everybody needs to know about. Cause when I think LinkedIn, I think connections, resumes, jobs, searching, all of these different topics that are so far away from Google apps and, and ed tech and all of those things. Why did you find LinkedIn to be your BFF? You know why? Because when I started to when I started to work with people on their digital marketing strategies, what I found was everybody was jumping straight. And this is really a little outside the ed tech world. But what I found was people were jumping straight to 
marketing their stuff, their products, their services. And the world we live in now, people want to know more about the people they're doing business with. And that is the, the case for ed tech as well, right? If you are a teacher or an administrator, you can be sure that you've got parents or people or teachers on other sides of the world that you're communicating with that are throwing your name in a Google search, right? It's just what we do. We want to know more about the people that we're communicating with on a daily basis. And 20 years ago, we never knew who those people were. Like we, we talked to them all the time and you knew when they had babies and grandbabies and you knew when they got married and, but you never knew what they looked like, right? You never really built relationships with them outside of those phone calls. Well, that's changing. So what that means is that we have the opportunity to take control of what people are seeing when they're doing some research on us. And that starts and often ends with your LinkedIn profile. And if you give them what you want them to know about you on your LinkedIn profile, they'll stop, right? They'll stop and they don't keep searching until they find your high school prom pictures and crazy things like that, that, you know, that you're hoping just stay buried in the internet. You know, there's a couple of things that I've been learning over the last couple of years of building my EDU brand. It used to be when you introduced somebody, you would send the Facebook account. And then it grew up and you started saying, hi, here's my friend Karen. And you linked her Twitter feed. And now more and more I'm seeing when I'm getting business meetings and stuff set up with these different ed tech companies, it's here's my friend Karen. And it links to her LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Yeah. And with LinkedIn, you get these little notifications now that says so-and-so has seen your profile. And, and it's always, it's, it's an awakening, but it's always kind of funny how as soon as I get done a meeting with somebody, immediately I look over on LinkedIn and there's a so-and-so was on your profile. And you realize that you're actually watching somebody having a, a business conversation with you. Yeah. But, but they're really looking at your LinkedIn profile in order to pull up what's going on. And and that's scary. I mean, because you, you put yourself out there, but but you're putting yourself out there. Well, you're putting your, listen, you're out there, whether you're putting yourself out there or not, you're out there. This is, that's the world that we live in. So, you know, there's no, I mean, I used to say there's, you know, Facebook doesn't have a camera in your living room. I guess they do now with Alexa <laughs> and all that other stuff, right? Like people only know about you, what you're sharing on LinkedIn. So there's, you know, you only, you only, you don't have to share things you're not comfortable with, but, but you do have the opportunity to, to present yourself in the way that you want to be seen. And that's a huge opportunity for all of us because the people that are taking advantage of that are the people that are getting the opportunities, whatever those opportunities might be. Now, today we're going to be talking about five ways to grow your EDU brand through LinkedIn. But before we get to that, I wanted to talk a little bit about you and your brand. You've been in marketing and consulting, but when did you realize that you were a brand and then what did you do? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know if I woke up one day and realized it. I think it just kind of it just kind of happened as as my business evolved. I started to realize that that I am the brand. And I, you know, I guess I kind of modeled myself after some of some of the other people that have digital brands. But more importantly, I have done the I own a company and I have a, a, an employee, I have employees and staff and health benefits and overhead. And I didn't want to do that anymore. So I made a conscious decision to to be lean and mean and just run it, just run a virtual business. So that really meant that I had to really market myself. So that's when I really started to pay attention to my own brand and building the brand of Karen, whatever that, whatever that might be. And let me tell you, 
you. It is a little scary, especially, you know, even with my podcast. I remember the first episode. And I remember my sister listening to it and going, I don't know. I don't think we grew up in the same house, you know, like because I talked a little bit about things that happened and, you know, that brought me to this place. So you, you do have to be a little you don't have to be, but I chose to be a little, I, I choose when to be a little vulnerable about that stuff and, you know, and what I choose to share and what I choose to not share. Now, I noticed that there's a trend with business owners and let, let me see which category you fit in. Are you Karen, who is a marketing consultant, or do you consider yourself Karen, the CEO of Karen Yankovic LLC, whatever you like? Where do you see yourself? It's a where great where is the question? Because I struggle with this constantly. You know what? It's so funny because I because I teach LinkedIn marketing, a big part of what I do is helping people step into a bigger role, helping them own the fact that they they helping people own their achievements and own, you know, own all the amazing things that they've done. And I wasn't using the term CEO. In fact, I was like I was like owner or something like that. And then I kind of like, somebody literally called me on it one day and said, your profile, you're saying you're the owner of the company. Like, why aren't you saying you're the CEO? It's like, wow, that's a really good question. So, so I really had to get comfortable kind of stepping into the role as the CEO of my business. And we all are like the CEOs of our business, regardless of whether we get a paycheck or whether we get, we run a business, right? Because you are the CEO of your world, right? Like you're raising kids, you're the CEO of your, your household, right? It's, it is really about, it's a mindset thing more than anything else. And I had to get called on it to really step into it myself. Now, when we're looking at LinkedIn, you know, mm -hmm. I remember a long time ago, LinkedIn was just where you put your resume. And then we got this shockwave of, oh, my goodness, Microsoft purchased it. And I've noticed recently a lot has changed. But I also read recently an article that said the best thing that Microsoft ever did for LinkedIn was not doing anything for LinkedIn. They kind of just let it do its thing. Where are you? You've seen LinkedIn, you know, birth, grow, build, and, and you see yeah. where it's going. I love the fact that it really hasn't, I mean, for the most part, Microsoftified itself. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great term. I, it, it, I think that LinkedIn was more than just a site for resume, even before Microsoft bought it. So I, I think that what you know how i like to describe it is your resume is all about who you used to be all the things that you used to do all the experience that you have but your linkedin profile done properly is about the role you're stepping into yes you're talking a little bit about what what qualifies you to be in this role that you're stepping into in the next season of your life and of your career but so so i think that that is the shift that is a mindset shift that people are coming around to on LinkedIn more than it is a tactical shift that LinkedIn did. Where do you see it going? When we're looking at things like digital resumes, I mean, okay, should we, we're, we're going to get to some of the more detailed profile things mm -hmm. there, but, but when yep. we think of LinkedIn, what content should we be thinking about? Should we be thinking about long form, short form? I, I, I mean, we're, we're going to get into video, but, Really, when we think of LinkedIn, what should we be searching for, looking for? What is that LinkedIn content? So it's kind of all of the above, um, or but it doesn't have to be every one of those things, right? So whatever, it, whatever you're comfortable with. 
it really starts though with creating the brand of you and creating a great profile because even putting things out there as content or connecting with people we'll, we'll be talking about that too and all of those other things all of that happens more easily if you've done the work of making yourself worthy of somebody wanting to get to know you right if your profile looks like it has dust bunnies on it then you're not really making it easy for people to say yes to that connection request to that relationship opportunity so i think the very first thing you have to do is really take a step back and say how is it i how is it i want to be seen in this digital world i mean if you throw your name in a google search linkedin's probably going to come up pretty high so you have the opportunity there to to share that. So I think you have to do that work first and and know and also think about and this is really something that I I I really would like to make sure that everybody's paying attention to. LinkedIn two things about LinkedIn that I that I want to make sure you're you're paying attention to. First of all, LinkedIn is the number one content hub on the internet. Number one, hmm. with LinkedIn polls, with everything. LinkedIn is the number one content hub on the internet. And LinkedIn is also extremely searchable. So you want to think about as you're putting out content, as you're creating your profile, as you're as you're doing, as you're creating whatever the strategy is, however big or small your strategy is, you want to think about what are people searching for on LinkedIn that you want to come up as the search result and use those words strategically. And this is upfront work, right? And I know educators know how to do the research and the upfront work, right? So, so do that upfront work. Think about what that is. You can actually find on LinkedIn what you're coming up for now. If you look at your dashboard on your profile, and everybody has this, regardless of whether you have the free or paid version, you can see by clicking on how many times you've come up in search results in that dashboard, it'll tell you what certainly being found for. Now, what that's telling you, number one, is you are being found, right? So what do you want to be found for? So do a little bit of that research up front. Think about what that might be. So for an educator, maybe you want to be, you know, maybe you want to be on a, um, a statewide committee or a nationwide committee. Maybe you want to be, maybe you want to be quoted in the press on the things that you're an expert in, right? So when somebody's on LinkedIn searching for an expert in, you know, um, high school math, something, the only way your profile is going to come up is if you're feeding it properly, right? But it can come because probably most educators don't know how to do this. So you really want to spend some time up front thinking about that, thinking about what it is you do want to be known for and found for, and then creating and then starting to put together that brand for yourself. And that's what we're here to talk about, figuring out how to use LinkedIn for that brand. Now, I told you that we're going to be talking about five ways to grow your EDU brand through LinkedIn. But before we get there, Karen, I know you've got a special place for us to go. What is your website? And if anybody wants to reach out and learn more about this stuff, where can they go? Yeah, so my website's karenyankovic.com and everything that is the hub of everything. I am at, I'm at Karen Yankovic across all social media. And if you go to my website at the top of my website there's an opportunity to get some um, short little videos to help you get started with a profile. So definitely take advantage of that because there're screenshot videos, click here, do this, really easy to help you get started. All right, Karen, I'm going to put you on the hot seat now. Five ways to grow your brand through LinkedIn. What is the first thing that we want to do when we get to LinkedIn? What, what, what do we want to be focused on first? You want to focus on your profile. You absolutely want to focus on your profile. You want to make sure that you're worthy. People see you as worthy of their time. And that is on you. That is absolutely on you. 
what makes a I mean, good profile? I mean, I'm looking at mine, I'm looking at yours, and yeah. and I'm I'm seeing some a lot of differences. I'll put it that way. I've so got here's a lot what of makes a good. Do. Here's what here's the number one thing that makes a good profile. You, I want you to tell me about you, but I want you to make it about me. At the end of the day, nobody really cares about you, right? So yes, tell me about your education. Tell me about any awards you've gotten. Tell me about you know any certificates you have, but also tell me why you're what make why you're passionate about what you do and you know tell me things like you know i've got um it you know when i when i see a student when this happens or when i you know when i see a student struggling to this to then this happening that's that's what makes me go back and do this again right so talk about the results that happen to the people that are in that that when you're in their world, things change for them. Paint me the picture. Don't just make it all, make it all like clinical and I know how to do Word and Excel and Google, you know, sweet G suite. Tell me about what, you know, why you, how you're, you know, how you're preparing these students for their life and how you, how you advocate for your students or whatever that is. Tell me what makes you somebody that I should care about. So let's just say that one more time, because that's important. Tell me about yourself, but what can you do for me? Now, my example here is on my profile, it says teacher of middle school. And on your profile, it says helping entrepreneurs and business professionals grow a profitable LinkedIn network. Clearly, two totally different things. And I'll be the first to admit when I added my new job, that automatically updated. So I got to redo some of those things. But what what is that headline really doing? Why should we create a custom headline there to set us apart from all others? Because you want to hook people, you want to hook people. And again, going back to thinking about what it is that you, you might be able to use LinkedIn to accomplish, you know, and even if it's just building those relationships, it even, even if it's just for the parents. So when they're searching you, they see all of your accomplishments, right? That immediately shifts their approach to you. When they see you are, you are taking the time to let them know how worthy you are of educating their kids, right? But you got to hook them because because nobody cares that you're a middle school teacher, but they care if you say something like middle school, you know, the place that, you know, the, I, I mean, I'd have to give it some thought, but the, the, you know, um, helping kids go from being children to being, you know, being adults or something like that, or, or some, you know, something that hooks me a little bit, it, you know, and, and then, I wish I came to this thinking of an example for this and I should have, but you know, an example that I use in the business world is you can tell me you're a financial planner. There's a lot of financial planners. There's a lot of middle school teachers, but if you tell me you're a financial planner and you help women over 50 create enough wealth to retire at 60, now you're telling me about you, but you're making it about me. Right. So tell me you're a middle school teacher who, you know, who serves the students that are being under that have been currently underserved in this world. Right. Or in some kind of market. Give me something that makes you stand out from all of the other middle school teachers. Is and there, there is something. Don't I know there is. If you don't know what it is, call me and I'll help you find that. You know, you had you had mentioned parents and, and it is. It is a little shocking when you sit there and you go, so-and-so has seen your profile and it's that parent that, you know, you might have had a bad time with, a good time with, you just met at the orchestra, whatever it is. But like, oh, mm -hmm. my kid's parents are now looking at my LinkedIn profile. Oh, okay. And that, that's, a, that, that's, a, that's a real out reality thing, but that's also a scary thing. Talk to me a little bit about the resume part of this, right? Because, I mean, we've been dealing with resumes for millions of years, but... 
the way you present your resume has changed, especially on LinkedIn. You could now put videos and links and, and documents and all this other artifact stuff. When it says mm -hmm. experience, how do we win the game? You know, it, it all comes back to story for me with that as well. So if you, you know, you're, you're teaching middle school now, maybe you started out somewhere else, right? I would like you to tell me when you were in that somewhere else place, nobody really cares about the fact that, you know, you taught reading to first graders, if it's completely not relevant to what you're doing now, but they, they do care if you know, they do care about what is relevant. Okay, I just thought of an example that, I don't know, you guys, teachers might hate this example, but I'm just gonna throw it out there. You know, I went to a, I went to an education conference many years ago, and there was somebody talking about the fact that they wanted to build more um, story. And, you know, and the example that, I, that stuck, stuck out to me was, you can give a kid a social studies book and tell them in order to get an A or, you know, 100 on a test, they have to know all these chapters. Or you can give them a video game, and in order to pass the levels, they needed to know who the kings and the queens were and all the same things they needed to know in that social studies book, right, to beat the game. If you beat the game, you had to know everything that you that you still needed to know in that social studies book to get the A. So you teach, you teach, um, you, you know, you've got a background in, in uh, technology. So if you tell me that you realized that, that you realized what a huge piece technology is in, you know, the, in, when you were teaching first grade, you realized how important technology was even from that young age. And you bringing, you're bringing that story of the fact that you love technology through to help students that maybe, maybe learn differently, not better or worse, right? Helping them use technology to achieve the same goals that the kids that are using books are achieving. And I am completely making this up, right? <laughs> but that's a story that if you're telling me that in your experience, I care more about that than I care about your kids' test scores, frankly. So, you know, but, um, but tell our, me how you're going to help my kid learn differently, but in and, our in and our, succeed. In our experience, should we be listing things? You know, in my school, I did boom, 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 boom. Or should I be writing three paragraphs and, as you said, write a story of how one day I did? Like, what do you we... know, it depends again on your goal. If you're looking to get if you're looking, listen, if you're looking to get promoted within your school district, chances are they know all of the boom, boom, boom things that you could list in the previous experience. So giving the story is going to make them re make them see things that they might not have seen otherwise. You can still hand them the resume with the skills that you have, right? And yes, you can. What you can you can talk about in the experience about how. Um, you know, your first, you can talk about the test scores and how you increase their test scores from this to that, or you can talk about um, their skills or how the kids came into that, you know, not, I mean, this is definitely not happening either because I know, but not knowing how to log onto the computer and they left there being able to, you know, talking to kids across the world on video chats, right? Um, you can talk about things like that, um, you know, like, like from this to that, like things that you accomplished in those things, but nobody really cares about your, 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 you know, the, the fact that you had this particular skill as you were teaching, they care about the results the kids got in that job that you had. And that's what I think people will want to see in that, even in that experience section, you can still add skills and you can make, you can add the little bullet points in there as well. But if you're only adding the bullet points, who's reading that? Nobody's reading that, right? 
So I've got a little bit of work to do after this podcast, Karen. So, so the first <laughs> well, everybody thing that, does. Everybody does. To my, anytime I've been brought on a podcast, people leave with homework. So no worries. <laughs> so the first thing that we want to be thinking about when growing our EDU brands is to optimize our profile. And then the second thing here we have is using LinkedIn as a writing platform. Now, we talked a little bit about this off camera. I'm going to ask you the question, should we be posting directly to LinkedIn? Should we take a blog that we've written on Jeff.com, putting a link, or should I be opening up LinkedIn and just going for it? Or is there another option? Well, I think I would say all of the above. So if you are writing, if you have a blog or you have any kind of writing that you do that you want to share on LinkedIn, the first thing you want to do is make sure that it's going out on assets that you own, your website, right? If we're talking about something like that, because you want Google to, to index it to your website, they want you to make sure it's attributed to you. You want to make sure it comes up in search engines, going back to your website. And then you want to send a, you want to put a link to that in the feed and saying this week on the blog, we're talking about this or that, right? This week on the podcast, we're talking about this or that. But what you can then do I usually typically do it about a month later. I give a month for it to get indexed. You can reuse that same content as a LinkedIn long form post because here's the difference. When you're creating, when you're adding in a link, it's eventually going to disappear, just like it disappears on Facebook. It's probably going to get a lot more visibility there, but it is eventually going to disappear in the feed. When you add it as an article, your profile, it lives there for. So if you add it about a month later, I, and you're welcome to look at mine to see how I model and, and welcome to model it. Basically, I, um, and I'm a little all over the place with it at this moment, making some changes to it, but I basically take my podcast and, and about a month later, I add the podcast as a LinkedIn article. And then at the bottom, I put, you know, I put, this was originally posted on Karen's blog at this site. And then I put my bio and all kinds of other things. And at the top, what I'm doing is doing little short videos that are recaps of it because it's, you can't upload audio to LinkedIn, but you can upload video. So I, I put a link to listen to the full episode here. So it's like, I'm, I'm creating a second place for that piece of content that I worked so hard on in the first place. So it gets, a, it gets like a new life about a month later. So when I'm looking under your profile here, it says articles. Those are things that you've, they now, they're now linked on, link, yeah, LinkedIn property. You put them on there. They're now in both yep. different, both places. That is an interesting concept that okay. I never thought about. Exactly. And I, I, what I, you know, in a perfect world, which is not happening at the moment all that often, but in a perfect world, I'm doing a, like a five or 10 minute and we'll talk about video coming up, but I'm doing a little recap video of my podcast and that goes on that article as well because I can put a little mini YouTube video on there. So that, so that gives it, that like kind of brings it whole. And then it, it just, it just, you know, I like to reuse my content wherever I can because I work pretty friggin' hard on my content. So wherever I can give it new life, I want to do that. And you're doing that for search. And, that, right? you and want that then lives on my profile. Now that's a part of my profile. People can, when they check out your profile, whether it is the, the journal looking for a source or the parent or somebody looking to have you join a committee or, you know, pay you to be a part of something they will get a better feel for you and your personality and the way and your approach to things because you're sharing this piece of you this, this this writing that you do or this you know prolific podcast writing whatever whatever it is 
so we've got optimize our profile. We've talked about using it as a writing platform. Now let's get to the one that all of my podcaster friends are asking about using it as a video platform. Now let's talk about not only posting our videos to it, but let's get into LinkedIn live. Yeah. Ooh, one of my favorite topics. All right. So let me tell you a little story about video. I, you had, there's a lot of different ways you can use video on LinkedIn. You can drop in a link to you, to a YouTube video. You can upload native video up to 10 minutes, or you can, in some cases, and it's still in beta, you can go live on LinkedIn, which is designed to be for videos longer than 10 minutes. I will tell you this right now, if you don't have the ability to do live, the sweet spot 100% is uploading native video. I have a client well, not a client, uh, somebody that, that should have hired me, um, that told me that he gets hundreds of thousands of video views on LinkedIn. I was like, really? So I'm, I made him do a screen share with me and he's got all these YouTube links that are on there. And sure enough, it's like, you know, 350 views, 4,275 views. So I said, do me a favor, take me over to YouTube and show me how many video plays this video is getting. And it was like three. Because what happens, what I do is it somebody scrolled past it. It doesn't mean they stopped and played it. So even though it may seem like your content's getting seen because it's saying you have all these views, they're not actually watching the video. If you upload native video, LinkedIn will give you statistics on how much, how many people have actually watched the video. So 100%, if you have the option to upload native video, that but know that it has to be under 10 minutes. You also have the option, and people don't always know this, when you upload the native video, if you look carefully, you'll see that there's a little pencil. And if you click a little pencil, you can upload an SRT file for the captions for the video, which I highly recommend that you do. Get an SRT file created. Um, you can use, there's lots of services out there that allow you to do it. Rev.com does it for a dollar a minute. If it's an eight minute video, it's eight bucks. And now you have the SRT file. And now when people scroll, it's going to stop the scroll because the video is going to be playing. The words are across the bottom. They don't even have to, you know, they can just stop and watch it and kind of read it instead of listening to it. And it's, it's one of the hottest ways to get engagement on LinkedIn right now. So here's the hot question that we've been discussing. Is LinkedIn a place for podcasters? And I'll stop and ask that question. As many of us take the audio, throw a bumper over top and slap it on YouTube, or we come up with something else. What is the best way for these audio creators to really make a dent here. I know we talked about captions just now. Like there's a few other things in there that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of other things that podcasters are out there working on. Should we do a two minute video recap or a 30 second recap of our show with the link on the bottom? Like how do we really, really repurpose our content yep. and go for here? Cause what do you think? Well think about think about user like user experience. If you're scrolling down a LinkedIn feed and somebody sees a link to your podcast or you see a link to my podcast, are you, what are the odds that you're going to stop, you're going to click it, and now you're going to shift gears and go from I'm on LinkedIn to I'm going to listen to this podcast? It's probably not all that likely, right? What I, what I was doing before I had the ability to do LinkedIn Live, and I do want to talk about that, what I was doing is I was doing Facebook Live podcast recaps, 
and then downloading and making sure they were under 10 minutes, then downloading that Facebook live video and then getting it captioned and uploading it to LinkedIn because that was stopping the scroll. And then what was happening was I wouldn't be able, I'd be able, I'd have a couple minutes to intrigue people with what the podcast was all about and say, if you want to listen, go on over, save it now, listen next time you get in the car, but go on over to iTunes or whatever your podcatcher is of choice. And, and that gave them the opportunity then to want to hear more. And I think that that to me was a great way to do it. There's other things you can do. You can create audiographs and things like that. But I honestly think that LinkedIn is relationship marketing person to person. So the more you can show you and your heart and your face and your voice, the more success you're going to have there. Talk to us a little bit about this amazing thing that I keep hearing about called LinkedIn live. Oh my gosh. Well, I, um, it is in beta right now. And if you just Google, put it, throw in a Google search, how do I you know, apply for LinkedIn live? You can apply for it. You will get denied. I got denied three times before I got approved. In fact, the third time was actually while we were sitting at that conference that you were talking about earlier, I was sitting at that conference and somebody said, apply again and do this. And I did. And then literally by the end of the day, I turned my computer around and go, look, I got denied a for the third time. <laughs> but then one day I just opened LinkedIn and there it was. It just, it was just there. So, um, you know, it really, it, the engagement on LinkedIn live is incredible. You have to use a third tool to get, so like Facebook live, you know, you can turn it up and just turn on your phone, you hit Facebook live, you start talking with LinkedIn. You have to use a third party tool. So with this third party tool, I use a tool called StreamYard. And with StreamYard, I have the pro version. I can simultaneously broadcast live to LinkedIn, Facebook, my Facebook page, my Facebook group, Twitter. I have 120,000 Twitter followers, okay? I do not have 120,000 LinkedIn followers. I can tell you that I get more engagement on LinkedIn than all of those other platforms put together, times 10. And I and they're go, it's going out simultaneously to all of those places, the broadcast. The engagement on live on LinkedIn right now is through the roof. So I have a process. I my podcast drops on Mondays, on Tuesdays. I if I have a guest, I try to get the guest on with me. Sometimes that's sometimes that's doable, sometimes it's not. And then we go live on LinkedIn and we just kind of chat about what we talked about on the podcast and say, you know, check out the full episode at, you know, karenyankovich.com slash whatever the episode number is. And it, the engage people can ask questions of me, of, of my guest. It's really, um, and LinkedIn's pushing it out. So it's really a lot of fun because it's a lot of engagement. And, you know, video is hot on all platforms, but it's more fun when the people are actually talking to you while you're talking to them. The website like is Karen. in the old Periscope days. <laughs> the website is karenyankovic.com. Highly recommend you guys check everything of hers out. And it, of course, will be over on our show notes over here on buildyouredubrand.com. Now, we've spent a long time and 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 going through optimizing and using as a writing platform video now the next two we kind of clump together here and this doesn't always affect every single educator but what are the differences between pages and groups and and how do educators just kind of know where, where to navigate and find information yeah so let's start with pages for a second pages um pages at this moment in time are pretty much a brochure for whatever it is your business or whatever it is your podcast is or whatever you're marketing. It does give you the, the ability to have that cool little logo next to the experience section on your name. So it's, so there's a, that's a good reason to have it, but it's another place you have to post. It's another place that you're built. It's like, it's adding another entire social media platform. 
it's good to have. You don't need to spend a lot of time there. It's really easy to set it up. If you have a website, you probably can copy and paste some copy from there to do it. It's, it's not it's not like creating a profile. You can really set it up pretty easily. The the what you will need it for is if there's a at some point in time you want to do um linking. You need need to do it from the so i don't know how many people listening will need a page i do think groups are highly underrated um because what happens in groups is that everybody's just in there pitching you go to any group and i can pull one up randomly anywhere i am live and and I'm confident that I can find this in it. Is all it is is people dropping in their blog posts, dropping in their pods, and promoting their stuff. And very few people are sharing, liking, and commenting on other people's content. I saw a statistic recently that said people that engage groups get four times as much visibility on their LinkedIn profile as people that don't. And that's not people that drop a post in a group. That's people that engage in groups. So be the person that's go own person that's going into the groups and sharing and liking and commenting on other people's content. Remember, you've already got that great profile, right? So when people say, who's this Jeff guy that keeps doing all this cool stuff on my post, they're going to see your profile, your profile, because you have that great head line is going to hook them and they're going to want to connect with you. And now you're getting visibility. If you do a good job and you create and you're active in groups that are full of people that you truly want to bring into your world for whatever that value is for you. You know, I love that advice. I remember eight years ago when we were setting all this stuff up, I created a page on TeacherCast and, you know, it's still there. I've never done anything with it. I don't even know what to do with it. So I think I'm going to go back. You're giving me a lot more homework, Karen. I'm going to go back and figure out what we can do with this. And I know <laughs> I've been subscribing to groups, but, you know, Karen, it's just one more thing to do, right? You have Facebook groups, you have Twitter chats. You have, it's just one more thing to do. It is, that is true. But here's the thing that I, no matter if I'm working with people on LinkedIn, whether at whatever level that is, whether they buy my digital course or they pay me to work privately with them or everything and everything in between, the very first thing I do with them is say, what does a win look like for you on LinkedIn? What is your goal here? What is the one person that you, if you met them today would change everything for you, your life, your business, your career? and go after that person. So you can do that really easily on LinkedIn, which doesn't happen on all those other platforms. So, and this is not, I'm not asking you to spend an hour a day on LinkedIn. I'm saying a half hour twice a week is probably all you're gonna need once you've done the upfront work. So if in fact I'm right, and you can connect with and build a relationship with somebody that can change everything in your life and your business forever, I don't know, I'll spend a couple hours a week looking for that. I mean, that's a whole lot more valuable to me than, you know, listen, I can get sucked into the Facebook world just as easy as everybody else can. Uh, but I don't, but I am, I am militant about making sure that I get my LinkedIn stuff done every single week because that's what grows my business. It's the relationships, the people I meet, the people I talk to, the people I get on the actual phone with, not the people I tweet, you know, um, for whatever reason. And that circles us around to that fifth thing, building relationships. How do we go from a connection into a relationship because it's easy on Twitter, right? Like I'm a fourth grade teacher. You're a fourth grade teacher. We're now Twitter buddies. We're sharing things. That's different than you're now connected to the CEO or the marketing guy or the VP of you name the company. 
that either A, you're looking for a job, B, you're just looking to get noticed and have a relationship or you're selling something. How do we, how, how do we build relationships with professionals? So I, I think that what I find is people overlook the value of their warm network. Warm, it doesn't mean have to mean people you know, right? If you are looking for a new job in a particular kind of company, invest 200 bucks a year, join the chamber of your local chamber of commerce or regional chamber of commerce. And now anytime you reach out to people cold, right? It's not really all that cold saying, joined, you know, the New Jersey Chamber of Commerce. And I see that you're a member. I was, you know, I saw your name in the membership directory. And I'd love to get to know a little bit more about the members and how you, you know, where do you find value in this? You're starting a conversation just like you're meeting people in person. This is making, you don't walk, you know, it, like if, if you're just trying to cold call the CEO of a company, it's like cold calling them walking in the door. So find a warm way. See if you know anybody that knows that CEO first and work your way to them. You know, you can go straight to the CEO if you can find a warm way to do it. You know, you could just use, hey, we're both a member of this group. But but if there's a way that you can reach these people in a warm way, you're very you're going to have a much better chance of being able to get on the phone with them. And honestly, look for what they're doing. Does that CEO post on LinkedIn? Share their content. Engage on the content that they're posting. Right. I mean, I've mentioned this a few times and I, I hope that everyone's listening is paying attention to this because one of the easiest things to do on LinkedIn is to get press is the every journal news is 24 seven. Now there are hundreds of journalists around the world that, that are looking for sources for their stories. I have a, I have a realtor. That's a client of mine this advice. And he, all he did was like, look for somebody that an article about real estate. So you're a math teacher, look for somebody writing an article about, you know, math statistics and fifth graders, right? Find the article, connect with them on LinkedIn and say, I just read this article. I, you know, I agree with this. I disagree with that. Like whatever you do, start a conversation. They're going to want to get on the phone with you. They're going to want to know, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be happy. Somebody's reading their stuff. Right. And people aren't doing this. So if you are sharing it and saying, you know, and tagging them and saying, you know, loved this article by at Joe Smith. Um, he says things that no one else is saying about fifth grade math that I completely agree with. Now that's a great way to build a relationship with a journalist who writes about the things that you're expert in. And now when you start getting featured in these articles, because eventually maybe Joe will call you and say, can I ask you a few questions? What do you think that's going to do for your credibility within your district when you're quoted all over the news? And this is so much easier than, than it, that I'm even making it sound. <laughs> the, the realtor I was talking about did this with somebody that was writing articles for NBCnews.com, simply shared the article on LinkedIn, talked about what he loved about the article. The, the journalist thanked him uh, for doing that. And then a week later reached out and said, can I ask you a few questions? Turned into a full page article on NBCnews.com that was, you know, all about just featuring him, which is seen by 65 million people a month. And forget that. Now, when he's going on a listing appointment and he can say, well, when I was NBC News's housing price expert last month, he gets every deal. Right. So it's about the credibility that that can give you. So take that same premise and don't overlook the warm ways that you can connect with people before you jump to how do I meet the CEO that I don't know?
You can find her work on the Costco Connection, Huffington Post, Social Media Examiner, and the Career Talk Radio and Sirius XM. But before I let Karen leave here, and by the way, thank you so much for your time. And, and, and by the way, I'll call it the Counseling Center here. I want to ask you a little bit about your podcast, Good <laughs> Girls Get Rich. What's it yeah. all about? And, and why would we why would we listen to Good Girls Get Rich? What are we going to learn? Well, first of all, there's a ton of LinkedIn tips on it, but I really did this podcast because through the work that I do with LinkedIn, I find that women have a harder time than men step telling the world how good they are. And no one's going to hire you on LinkedIn. If you say, I'm pretty good at this, you got to tell the world you're the best at this. So I, what my goal is for my podcast is to inspire anybody, but primarily women to really build a life and a career around what they love to do, what they're good at. And I know that when they do that and they step into it and they shine a light on those skills, that's where the abundance comes into their life. So that's really the premise behind the podcast. I don't really care what your body parts are, how you identify it. I've got lots of men that listen to the podcast. Um, but I want I want women to feel comfortable there. I want them to I want to make sure that they know that 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 this is a place that they can get some confidence to say things that they you know to say hey nobody does this better than me. Karen, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time today to sharing all of this expertise. We're going to have all of the show notes in our website, in our blog, over at buildyouredubrand.com. Just do a search for five ways to build your edu brand through LinkedIn on the site. Karen, what's the best way? We've talked about websites, podcasts. If we had a question that we wanted to get directly to you, what's the best way to do that? LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn. Tell me you heard me on this podcast. I will tell you this, my LinkedIn inbox right now is more valuable to me than my actual inbox because that's where all the business is. So feel free to message me, you know, to connect with me on LinkedIn and message me there. And I'm happy to take a look at your profile, give you a couple pointers. If I see anything, if you ask, I'm not going to just shove my opinion on you. But if you ask, I will look at your profile and give you some ideas. Well, if you've learned anything from this episode, we certainly would love to hear from you guys. Check us out over on Twitter at TeacherCast. Leave us a voice message at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail and email us at feedback at TeacherCast.net. I would love to get a hold of you and learn how you guys are using LinkedIn for your blogs, your podcast, and, of course, your EDU brand. If you're looking for some great information of how to do educational podcasting, you can head on over to Podcasting with Students and educational podcasting with students.com today. We would love to have you guys check out all the great resources that we have over on the Teacher Cast Educational Network. And that wraps up this episode of the Jeff Bradbury Show. On behalf of Karen and everybody here in the Teacher Cast Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to the TeacherCast Educational Network, hosted by Jeff Bradbury. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at TeacherCast or online at www.teachercast.net. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.